This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. At a time. And yes, it is 7.30. Yes, it is Thursday. And if you've been with me for any length of time, you know on Thursdays we normally do it at 7 a.m. Uh, but today, Jonathan Twomley is on vacation with his family. Uh, so I decided to keep the string going at 7.30. Uh, we will have two expert interviews today. We'll have the CEO of Hemlane, I believe, at 8.30. And, of course, it is Thursday. We will have the three amigos, Dion from Dion Talk uh, and uh, Matt, the Lumberjack Landlord, at 12.30. So it should be an exciting day. In addition to that, I will likely put together my intro video to my 50-year history and add it to my free course, as I have been talking about. I want to get that out there, and I should have time this morning. Before we get started with the daily financial news, we have two more people to congratulate. This is so much fun for me. I love talking about these. We have two more people that closed on real estate transactions and rentals. I want to congratulate Lipsa and Jeff for closing on their first or next rental properties. Congratulations for doing the work, Jeff and Lipsa. Congratulations. So real quick, a couple things to talk about today. It is Thursday. We had CPI yesterday came in at 5.4, kind of in line with yesterday. Uh, but we have PPI today. It came out hot. It came out with a full 1% month-on-month, which is um, it's unusual for these numbers month-to-month to go up by a full percentage point. You usually hear about 0.3, 0.1, 0.5. a full percentage point at this time, so definitely running hot. Year-on-year, 7.8%. This is on top of CPI, which is 5.4% year-on-year. Couple things about this. CPI, again, is the one I would look at if I had to pick one, right? It's what you and I pay at the stores. Uh, but I think it's becoming ever more apparent that the CPI is, yeah, under reporting a significant contributor. And I think, I think it's going to start showing up going forward. And that is rent. Rent has been skyrocketing. We've talked about it on this channel now for seemingly the last six months. And it is not yet really rearing its ugly head in the data. So I believe CPI is going to run hotter, longer. It's part of my thesis that inflation is going to be here longer uh, going forward. It does start with wage inflation. Unfortunately, I think real wages are going to go negative. It's kind of like real rates are going negative. And what that really means, folks, is yes, you got a raise, but the cost of your life went up more. It's kind of it's not a good thing. So that's kind of my, where I'm at with my thesis uh, going forward. It's also Thursday. Uh, he sees um, the U.S. jobless claims uh, came in today at 375K, uh, kind of falling for the third week. But we do seem, we seem anchored around that 400 number, right, plus or minus. Uh, I would like to see us get back under 300. I would call that a normal mark, kind of 2019 level. Uh, that is um, kind of where we are at. Uh, on to earnings. We did have a couple of earnings this week that I think are worth mentioning that we talked about over the weekend when I said look ahead. One was eBay. I think it was Sunday we talked about eBay. I was wondering, is it going to be like Etsy and Amazon? 
where basically they're saying, you know, active buyers are down quarter on quarter. And sure enough, that's exactly what eBay said. Uh, they are also forecasting lower revenue going forward. So it seems like this, um, the trend continues. We're getting off our computers, off our phones, and we're getting out. We're seeing the world. We're having vacations. We're eating in restaurants. We're, you know, all of those things. And these applications like eBay and Etsy are feeling it. And frankly, that's a good thing, I think, for our economy, getting out, small businesses, things of that nature. So all good. But it will have impact uh, on eBay and Etsy going forward. Sonos, uh, basically a sound um, provider, uh, raised guidance going forward. They beat top and bottom. And again, when I say top, that is revenue. When I say bottom, that is earnings per share. Um, and they actually raised guidance. I'm wondering if Sonos is one of those second derivatives, right? First, you go out and buy the big TV, go buy the, you know, whatever, and then you go buy the music equipment. I'm wondering if that's what we're seeing with Sonos. I don't know. Open Door. Open Door essentially is that buying and selling company, flipping company. Uh, they beat top and bottom and raised guidance. I got to tell you, I've been talking about a housing slowdown for quite a while, six months or so. I suspect if I'm right, Open Door is going to get caught. Open Door, I think, is going to be like a lot of flippers in 2006-7. Open Door's relying on algorithms. They're relying on math. And let me tell you, those algorithms miss inflection points. They assume, right, they assume this and they miss the inflection point. My guess is Open Door has a very negative surprise sometime in the next three or four quarters. That's just my guess. I, I really do think we have a housing slowdown. I think we have demand disappearing, right? What did we hear two weeks ago from uh, Laura Morby, our number one agent in Arizona, or top 1% agent in Arizona? She had 15 buyers, now has two, right? People are taking the summer off. They're vacationing. They're signing leases. They're not in the market anymore. Then we have new listings coming out all the time. We have price drops. The housing slowdown is real. Then just yesterday, what did we tell you? FHA buyers are up 3.3%. Folks, all of these little, little, little tidbits are telling me the housing slowdown. FHA buyers were not getting a sniff in April. They are now. So that tells you buyer pool is shrinking. It just is. This is, it is so fun to watch this in real time with you every day. So let me know what you think. Uh, Rackspace, uh, Rackspace had an interesting, um, interesting earning call. Uh, they beat top and bottom first off, good for them. Uh, but they're in a transient phase. I'm like, what are they talking about? What are they, they got Jerome Powell there or something? Uh, but they're basically saying they're switching out old technology for new. And I guess they have a little air pocket in their product pipeline. I thought that was interesting to see them use that word transient phase. Pretty crazy. Uh, I asked earlier in the week about gold. Uh, I've admitted that I'm not a gold bug or you know commodities bug. Uh, I did have some of that, a significant amount of it, a decade ago as an insurance policy. Uh, but gold's been selling off. I, I asked uh, a lot of you what you thought if you were in there. A lot of you talked about, I think it was Morgan Stanley doing this or that. It's kind of the same things I've been hearing for 20 years. Uh, what I think's happening is the economy is expanding. What I think is happening is people are realizing that rates are going to be higher in the future and they're letting go of their positions. That's what I think happening. Uh, the, I, I would call that real yields. 
And again, I think real yields are negative today, but they're just getting less negative. Uh, so we should see if the real, real yield gets less negative, the dollar likely gets stronger. So we shall see what happens. If you have some articles about gold that are um, uh, interesting reads, go ahead and leave them in comments or send them to me if you have my email or IG or whatever you'd like. I'd love to read about it because gold's certainly not behaving like I thought it would uh, when I was buying it 10 years ago. So love to see some more. Uh, remember, inflation, I think, is going to be around longer. I think the Fed is absolutely wrong. Uh, just another example, freight, right, shipping on trucks, right? Uh, freight volumes are up 15.6% uh, from last year. Not surprising. Uh, they're even up from 2019 levels, which is surprising. So freight shipments are back to 2019 levels. That is interesting. That is interesting. However, they're 22.7% higher. Yeah. If you're shipping a box of cornflakes, it's now 22.7% higher, right? You can shrink the box of cornflakes if you want, which we have shrinkflation without question. But yeah, cost to ship is a problem. Wages are going up, shipping is going up. Margins are going to get compressed, and boom, we're going to have higher prices. Think about the people that use freight. Grocery stores, retail stores. You got to, you got to collect those costs somewhere, and again, freight is up 22.7%. Uh, the big thing in CPI that, we did, that I think I talked about earlier, but I don't want to miss, I have it as a second note here, is rent. Rent has failed to show up in CPI. It has gas now used cars, things of that nature. But rent is, it's not even cracking the radar yet. And that's just impossible for me to understand. So we need to watch that going forward. Uh, looking at home builders, home builders have actually ratcheted back uh, uh, sales of new homes. It was an article in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, basically what happened is they oversold. They sold more homes than they had. Uh, so now they're trying to play catch up. Uh, so they've reduced new sales, and uh, it's an interesting time uh, for, um, for builders, so pretty crazy. Uh, another note, I just got a note from a student in South Korea that closed a deal. I don't know what it costs to send one of these to South Korea, but I guess I need to figure that out. So uh, I need to figure that out. I bet you it's not 50 cents or whatever these stamps are. Uh, talking about hyperinflation, I still get lots of people claiming the U.S. is in hyperinflation. We are not. We have never been. It's just... 5% is high inflation, 10% is high inflation. It is not hyperinflation. You want to talk about hyperinflation, go to the country of Venezuela, the socialist country of Venezuela, where you can have a 1 million boulevard note, 1 million boulevard note, and it equals less than 25 cents. The social country of Venezuela in the last decade has lopped three zeros, five zeros, and now six zeros off of their currency, and yet it is still worth nothing. Folks, that is hyperinflation. That is hyper, hyperinflation. And again, that's what you get in socialist countries. Not cool. I have stumbled across an interesting um, indicator that I have never researched. I will likely research more going forward. It is called the Marshallin K reading. It's an archaic 
Yeah, it's an archaic reading. It basically measures the rate of GDP growth with the rate of money supply, called M2. And basically what it says, when money supply is growing less fast than GDP, liquidity is being absorbed from the system, and recessions or bad events could be in the new future. It was used in the 1990s and 2008, right before the stock market crash, where basically liquidity dries up. I think it's an interesting reading. It is definitely a reading based on rates of change, which you have to be very careful of, because what we have with M2, something we haven't had before, M2 is five trillion, that's with a T, five trillion bigger than it was before the crisis. So part of me thinks we have the law of large numbers. It's just harder for five extra trillion. This is not five trillion total. This is five extra trillion to keep growing at an exponential rate. So I don't know. I'm going to read about this more. If you have any information on it, because lots of you are deep into this stuff, let me know. I would love to see that. But yeah, GDP growth is growing faster than the money supply. Uh, Historic says that's a problem, but we got a lot of, we got five extra trillion today. So I'm thinking it's a rate of change issue, but we should see. Uh, Basically, it was used uh, to indicate the taper tantrum. Uh, of 2013 as well, where the S&P fell 6% very quickly. Then the last thing I talked about in the title of this is the top or the hottest five zip codes. So folks, if you think you have a hot zip code, I would like you to list the five numeric numbers. What are they? I'm going to give you a few minutes. Uh, Yeah, and we'll go reverse order. We'll start with the fifth hottest zip code, and this is, uh, I'm going to guess it's days on market. Okay, so if you think you have a hot zip code, leave them in the comments. Interact with me live if you're on here, and let's see what goes on now. So number five, Raleigh, North Carolina, zip code 27616. Days on market, five. Five days on market uh, with an average, or I should say, a median price of 319. Number four, Manchester, New Hampshire. 03103, five days on market with a median price of 315. Number three, good old Boston, 01960, days on market three. That is nuts. With a median price, the highest of the five, 625. 625. I'm just guessing it's probably hard to cash flow when it's 625. Number two, good old Rochester, New York, 14617, uh, days on market six, with the lowest median price, 175, 175K. I'm guessing you probably have some cash flow in Rochester, but I don't know, know anything about it. And the number one hottest market is in the state of Colorado. It is East Colorado Springs, uh, eight, 0916, 80916, days on market four, and the median price of 318. So always fun to look at these numbers together. Again, this is Thursday. This is your daily financial news. We have two experts coming on today. We actually got the three amigos at 1230, which will be a lot of fun. So take care of yourself. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye.